0: Welcome to episode 31 of the Alan Badger Podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to news and current events as we seek to live for Christ. Hi Helen, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, thank you.
0: Excellent. Have you had a good week so far? Because it's almost the end of the week now, isn't it? So how's your week been?
1: Yeah, it is. Yes, uh, it's been good. These bank holidays make um, the week bit complicated i never quite sure what day it is
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh there is there is a smorgasbord of bank holidays um Mm. this month which is um uh, yeah i quite i quite like bank holidays actually make 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 the week a bit shorter not the same thing wrong with what we're doing in the rest of the week of course but it's just nice to have a bit of extra time nice to have a long weekend um yep you doing anything this weekend
1: um
0: are, are you are you are you watching the um, uh, coronation? Tomorrow? Coronation, yes, we will watch it. Yeah, you will watch it. Yeah, okay. with
1: interest. That's yes.
0: interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay, excellent. I think
1: I might. It might sound a bit nerdy. I'm actually going to have a look. They've released the um, uh, the service or the you know the liturgy oh, or the whatever order of, service. Um, order of service. I think, yeah. and to see what's going to be said, and I'm going to have a look at that, and I'm quite interested actually in the changes that they've made.
0: It will be interesting to see that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I I don't think I'm gonna watch it actually. No. Um no. Well um, only
1: but, uh, partly I've never watched a coronation before.
0: I'm interested to see. Is, yes, there is that, I suppose. What's but
1: it's like
0: I, I think I might delegate the watching to other people like yourself, who I will okay. talk to afterwards. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll well see somebody on TV. I'm um, not going to
1: sit there all day watching it. No,
0: it's one of those. Yeah, one of those all day events, isn't it? Um yeah. ju- just wanted to mention about uh, voting yesterday. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about this. And of course, you you just told me just before we started recording this, you didn't have elections yesterday. No. Well, I was a bit worried
1: about it. I I suddenly thought, oh dear, was I supposed to be voting? Because I never miss voting. But um, no, we're in Somerset. We're in a bit of a strange position. We've just had a new council. they This is very boring, but they've pulled together three or four councils to make one super huge one, which I think we actually said we didn't want. But uh, and now we're going to have the second largest council in the country so goodness knows what that will be like um but no elections here
0: no elections okay yeah because no. we 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 did have elections and and actually confession time I did I didn't vote anecdotally I remember when I was a student and I had I I, I was uh, this was a general election it was probably it was probably when Tony Blair um came into power in 1997 I think it was. And I remember having this conversation with my my housemate at the time, and I, and I said, oh, I can't, I can't be bothered voting, you know, no, it's it's, it's really? not much, n- doesn't really make any difference, blah 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 blah. And he really had a go at me, and he said, yeah. well, you know, um, uh, people in other countries, and yeah, give you know, fight for the right to vote and all this stuff, sort of, and uh, all this kind of thing. And and he was right; it, it stuck with me. But yeah, I, to- I
1: would have said I would have said that to you at the time.
0: Yeah, and, and and that that principle has, has helped me. But I've got to be honest. The yesterday, I was I was much less bothered about voting. I, I think I think um, it, this is tricky. I think this is tricky as Christian. This is tricky as as trying to how we how we view the world correctly. But I think you know as we talked about many times in this podcast, looking at the last three years, what we've realised is that 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 um, democracy is is not what we think it is. It's not what we not what we were brought up to believe mm. and I think there is um a certain a certain I guess almost 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 like a fallacy in voting and and, and somebody what somebody on the twitter under under handle thinking slow is quite interesting uh, one to, to follow. Um, he summed it up quite well uh, with, a, with a graphic and, in, and basically saying, uh, you know, have one column for voting Labour, one column for voting Conservative. And of course, this was local elections, but it still still counts. And uh, it basically says, you'll get, you'll get the same thing. You vote Labour, you vote Conservative, you'll get net zero madness, you'll get more proxy war, you'll get uncontrolled immigration, you'll get big tech censorship of misinformation, and you'll get prog- programmable CBDCs. So, I think the point being that that, um, maybe, I don't know, but, well, I suspect that we're fast approaching that stage where it's not going to matter, really, who you vote for. Um, And uh, that's a rabbit hole we could get out another time. But uh, it was also interesting that this was the first time that you would have to bring, I think it's the first time anyway, you'd have to bring photo ID with you. To prove who you are to vote, which oh, yeah, I'm thinking, that. no thanks. That's uh, no, the, the, you know, it's one of those amazing volunteers who sits sits in there and, and gets their ruler out, and crosses your name out yeah. when you say where you live. That's that's worked. That's worked for years. And and yeah. it's not like we have a problem with people turning up to vote. We have the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> we
1: have people <laughs> exactly. who can't be
0: bothered to vote. Says Tim, who just explained he hasn't voted yesterday. But anyway, you get my get on saying so. You know, was it an just extra barrier? Do you think work.
1: that was across the board asking for photo ID, or was it just your council?
0: No, no, no. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a. I think it was a. As far as I'm aware, it's across. It's across the board. Um, well, the first
1: first question is: What if you don't have photo ID? ID because I mean I don't have a passport. I do have a driver's license, but not everyone does.
0: I think. Well, what they, else would you have? I don't know off the top of my head. I I believe there was. Things in place for people to be able to, to to generate some kind of identification to prove prove who they were, but again, this is just unfortunately, it's just it's moving towards this in quotes papers please kind of culture, which we've always been against in the UK. I think, yeah. um, and and we're fast moving towards that. Uh, in yeah. fact, I think we're already there. Actually, sadly, but anyway, that's just a, that's just a, a by the by. Shall we talk about Andrew Bridgen because? He's he's been in the news again, and and um, I did a I did a, a blog post a while ago on on him, which is which I quite like doing things like that where you put something down in writing because you can revisit it and and you can look at it and you can think well either this was right or it was a snapshot in time and hasn't stood the test of time. But I think with Andrew Bridgen, it, it's he's he's not gone away and he has um he's become a bit of a in, a in a sense almost like a freedom fighter hasn't he
1: yeah he has absolutely and he's um absolutely sticking to his guns um I mean I would say just going back to the point on elections generally I say to people you should be voting for the person you need to find out what the person themselves stands for. So mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. think so much about the actual political party. You're voting for the person you think is the best person for the job. And someone like Andrew Bridget, I would think is a, a perfect example of the kind of MP that you would want. I mean, what he keeps on saying all the time is he's um, his concern is for his constituents. So, you know, and he's, and he's sacrificed a huge amount for, um, raising the issues that he thinks are important um and are affecting people's lives in his constituency and that's his job
0: it is isn't it? it it is and and I think this is this is one of the this is one of the points which is worth first of all recognizing and, and secondly to actually under, understand what why it's important which is when somebody speaks up about something like he's spoken up about vaccine vaccine harm what what's what's in it for him personally to to, to stick his neck above the parapet um, you know, doctors who have over the last three years, for example, put their neck above the power and faced ridicule, ostracization. They've some have just been ousted, some have lost their jobs. It, stand, standing for standing for the truth often is a is a lonely position, um, and I think it's important that we first of all recognise that. But 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 essentially. A couple of weeks ago, I think, wasn't it? He he was expelled from the Tory party because he was suspended. But now he's actually been expelled from the Conservative Party. Um, And uh, and the Conservative woman, TCW, put it like this. Andrew Bridgen's crime was that he became one of the most vocal critics of the COVID vaccines. Politically, this was a mistake as it was just a big target on his back. The vaccine zealots screamed for his cancellation and it duly happened um interestingly it's it's maybe just worth clocking you don't have to put a great deal of store in this but it's it's worth clocking that that bridgen's degree was in biological sciences and had focus on genetics and virology so let's compare that with matt hancock shall we That upstanding example of a political specimen and uh he he did PPE, which, um, if you don't know what that means, is is, is a degree you can do, and it's, it stands for philosophy, politics, and economics. And uh, who out of those two would be be more uh, suited, shall we say, to 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 discuss um, whether a vaccine is is good or not? The the former health secretary with a degree in PPE, or an MP with a degree in biological sciences. I doubt to put a great deal of store that, but it's interesting, isn't it, Helen? What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, well, exactly. I think, and one of the things I've said for a long time is I do not understand why politicians get positions in departments that they know absolutely nothing about and they have no qualifications in whatsoever. I think Andrew Bridgen's made that point as well, um, yeah. but he, yeah, he he is perfectly well qualified to. Um, to, uh, study the literature and, and speak to, um, to different experts on, on the topic. And I mean, one of the points he made before his, um, after his, the first speech that he made in parliament, um, he said he had gone to all the experts, all the people whose work he was, uh, citing, um, you know, to check that what he was going to be saying that he'd got everything correct. He, he'd, cited everything referenced everything he he put all the all the information as a press pack for everyone to be able to go and look up the statistics he used and everything and yeah. and still he's vilified but actually interestingly no one has actually come back on any of those points
0: no no they, they to say they, they, oh you're yeah. wrong i've
1: gone and looked at that and you're wrong
0: yeah, exactly, exactly, and and you know you hear that well-worn trope trotted out at the dispatch box by the likes of Rishi Sunak, where just to respond to something that Andrew Bridgen might have raised, or or one or two other MPs willing to to risk their reputation, and you know Sunak responds with that trope of oh it's safe and effective, it's like yeah. ridiculous, yeah. it's ridiculous, and and it's 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 tricky with with the likes of Hancock because. Do they? Do they? Are they misguided? I don't think they are. Uh, I think they—they they believe that they, they are willing to lie, and to propagate that lie to to the point that they think they're impervious to the truth. Um, the the only the only hope, that's the only hope for all of us actually, but the only the only hope really for Matt Hancock is he repents. Is he realizes and repents. Um, but he's he's so far down the the rabbit hole of lies and deception that he acts as if he's above it all, uh, yeah. as do most of the mainstream politicians. Um, not in not only in this country but other countries as well. And we've seen that time and time again. And we've covered this in other podcasts as well over the last uh, you know seen this time and time again over the last last few years. Um, and spiked, you know, spiked online. It's kind of I was I always used to think of spiked online as um, which if you don't know is like a online magazine news in quotes outlet I always thought they were kind of more alternative media in 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 the past but they yeah. they really kind of nailed their colours to the mask because they they've done a, a hatchet hit job on um, Andrew Bridgen um, and any any art any article any journalistic piece that, that includes the phrase near the beginning, it can be tempting to ignore the anti-vax conspiracy theorists. Any, any article that has that sentence in it like spiked one did is really laying itself wide open to, uh, well, to terminal ridicule, I think. And and I think what it shows is that outlets like spiked are actually mainstream because all they're following is the narrative and is quite revealing, and in some ways, maybe surprising. I don't know your thoughts, Helen.
1: Um, yeah, I always used to think of spiked as being a bit edgy and um, <clears throat> not part of the mainstream. But but you're absolutely right on this issue. Um, they don't seem to want to engage at all. And and the article that um, I think it's the deputy editor, isn't it, who wrote it? Um,
0: is, it Fra- Myers. is it Fraser Myers? Fraser Myers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it's very poor.
0: It, it, it is, and, it's full of uh, inaccuracies.
1: Yeah, yeah. So untruths,
0: or in other words, lies. But you yeah,
1: know. <laughs> I mean, w- one of the things I know that I saw there was them saying, um, "Oh, that it wasn't true," because Andrew Bridgen talks about the mRNA vaccines as being a gene therapy, and they say, "Well, that's not true. It is not." Well, it, well, it is true. Yeah, that, exactly. That, and and you know, there's plenty of places where. It is very clearly stated that that's the category it would come under.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it it is um, it is it is quite revealing, and and I and I and I was I suppose I was surprised that spiked would be the outlet for that kind of vitriol, but um, normally you'd expect that kind of nonsense from something like the Guardian, wouldn't you? But. Um, but there we go. Um, you live and learn. And uh, one commentator, I think this, I think this was George Galloway of all people. I'm not not really a fan of him, but I thought it was interesting. He he said um, he said something along the lines of the branding of dissidents as conspiracy theorists is fast becoming the conspiracy.
1: Well, yeah, I, he's I agree right. with
0: him on that one. Yeah. I agree with him on that one.
1: Yeah, he does come out with a few gems now and again, actually.
0: It does. It's quite interesting. And I think, I think, look, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, yeah, Tim, and, Tim and Helen fly, fly a flag for Andrew Bridgen," it's not quite as simple as that. We're not, we're not saying that we uphold Andrew Bridgen as a great all-round MP. We are simply saying, on this particular issue, he has been willing to stand for truth at cost to himself. And that is worth taking note of. And I think this is what this is where we're at at the moment. You have to look for who might be standing for the truth. And just because that person stands for the truth does not mean that you take everything else, they say, about other aspects of life and culture as the truth as well. You can't do that. You have to weigh everything up and on an individual basis. And I just think it's really important to underline this because it's so... We're so caught up, I think, in our culture of following celebrity, following um, following somebody who who is a leader in narrative. In other words, if that person says something, whatever they say is going to be great. You can't do that as Christians, unfortunately. The only person you can do that with is, of course, Jesus. Um, but as fallen people, we have to weigh everything up individually. Do you know what I mean, Helen?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Um, and the thing that I don't understand with someone like Andrew Bridgen is whether you know whatever you think about the issue that he's raising, he's doing what an MP should do. He's questioning, raising questions, saying this needs to be looked at, raising issues, bringing evidence, and that's his job.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And yet, what well, I I don't understand why people aren't going. Yeah, that's what MPs should be doing. And when he raises these, then it's up it's up to the it, you know if people think well that's not right or that's not true what he's raising. Well, they need to bring the evidence to disprove that.
0: E- exactly. And if they
1: can't, then there is an issue there that needs investigating.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And and as a kind of um, a note on that particular point. Just because a, a self-proclaimed fact checker says something, well, generally speaking, now self-proclaimed fact checker will often be spouting lies, actually, or half-truths, or even bought scientists is not enough. We have to look at the truth, um, however that might that might come about, and we've learned that from the last three years, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and and
1: just um, on the point of. Um, you know, the actual straw that broke the camel's back, I suppose, or the thing they got him on, on his um, tweet. Well, Mm. I've seen that misquoted many times. It it wasn't his tweet. It was him forwarding a tweet from an Israeli academic who was saying that the um, issue around the vaccine harms um, may well be the, the greatest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. So, you know, that that's not and then people saying it was anti Semitic. Well, there's nothing anti Semitic about that. He was not denying the Holocaust. And and ironically, he was quoting an Israeli saying this. You know, yeah. it didn't make yeah. any sense. And the no, number it, of places where they have misquoted or yeah, said he yeah. said, or as if he was saying, um, comparing to the Holocaust, it wasn't. It was saying, you know, it was it was putting the Holocaust in the place of the greatest crime against humanity and saying that this could well be the next one.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's exactly. I, I think these these kind of attempts at closing down the debate we've seen time and time again. It's the equivalent of saying if somebody if somebody questions an uncontrolled immigration, for example, like we are experiencing in this country, mm. to question that is, is racist. No, it's not. No. It's a legitimate question. But 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 by associating it with racism, for example, yeah. it then is an attempt to close down a debate. And, and and we can't we can't progress. We can't sort things out. We can't come to a just and righteous outcome if that is the level of of um debate, if those are the parameters with which we operate in. And uh, I think as Christians we've got to be alert to that because it can happen all too easily. It's, it's, it's very easy within the church to want to kind of I suppose fit in the kind of acceptable uh almost like an overton window if you like, of acceptable discourse and want to fit in with that. And sometimes we've got to be prepared to to challenge that and yeah. go outside it if we're going to pursue truth and pursue just just justice and righteousness. Um, and that's incumbent on us as, as Christians. But, yeah, I, I think uh, Andrew Bridgen's own words, he says this, he says, my expulsion from the Conservative Party under false pretenses only confirms the toxic culture which plagues our political system. And he's right. He's right. The answer is not found in politics. It really isn't. So so do pray for Andrew Bridgen. Uh, pray for his wife who's standing with him. And again, this is a reminder for us to pray for this country, that it might stir from its coma, if you like, and and turn to Christ before it's too late. Um, and we can, we can do that. Shall we move on or do you want to add anything on that one?
1: Yeah, no. Well, no, only to say, um, interestingly, John Campbell did an interview with Andrew Bridgen oh, yeah, he did, and he, he got yeah. a strike on YouTube for that. Yeah. So um, they've taken it down.
0: Yeah, and you can you can you can find it on Rumble though. Yeah. Um, um But yeah, YouTube owned by Google. In case you don't know, um, being the gatekeepers of what is right and wrong, in quotes. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll make sure. We, yeah, maybe we can link to that if we, if we remember when we do the do the notes. Um. Yeah. Should we Should we talk about our? Uh, just touch on a few things that that uh, Jamie Franklin brought up, actually, actually, because we we enjoyed that. Previous episode, didn't we? If you haven't listened yeah. to it yet, do, do um, have a listen to our previous episode, episode number 30, where we, we chatted with um, Reverend uh, Jamie Franklin, uh, a priest in the Church of England and also one of the co-hosts on the Reverend podcast. And it was really good to chat with him, wasn't it, about yeah, his, it was. his life? it was. Really um,
1: good. And especially, I thought he did... So, well, he, he always does so well, but he did particularly well when he'd said he'd been up for four hours in the night with his yes. child. <laughs> so he was really tired, yeah. but it was, it was lovely. And it was, it was great to, um, ask him a bit about his own journey. Um,
0: it was, yeah, wasn't it? That was really it interesting. was, yeah. it, it was, it was, yeah, it was really encouraging. What, what, what kind of any, any things that he raised that you might just want to touch on a bit more, Helen, what, what stood out for you?
1: Um, yeah, a few things for me. I think um, I enjoyed him talking about uh, how um, important it is to to get some structure in your uh, devotions and, and making the time to do that in the morning. I've actually been yeah. getting up a bit earlier myself to try really? and do that bit better. So I was inspired. Um, yeah. And we talked about the distractions of technology and things and how to try and master that, which I think is, is so critical. Um, I think for me, the, the biggest thing um, is this thing. When Jamie talked about us being at war, um, that this is a battle uh, that we're in, you know, with a effectively a false gospel, a false religion in the sort of woke ideology and everything and the danger of that infiltrating the church
0: yeah that that is that is um a, a something to be to be really aware of isn't it um because it's it, it it just sneaks in this kind of thing it sneaks in it sneaks in through um through perhaps a meeting that you decide to hold at church it sneaks in through giving something prominence from the front of church and actually th- this is worth worth mentioning what you what you hear from the front of your church is a measure as to the spiritual temperature of that church. Um, a church. A church can be involved in lots of great things, but what you hear when you're gathered together as as the body on a Sunday, a Sunday morning or, or Sunday evening, whenever you meet, what you hear from the front is really, really important. And I think what we, what we need to be hearing more and more from, The front of our churches is a robust proclamation and defence, if you like, of the faith that we are called to uphold and less of the kind of woke culture that can infiltrate so easily in the church. And that comes in all sorts of ways. It comes in through praying for the environment, for example. We shouldn't be doing that in the church. It's ridiculous. Um, it it comes in through just being unclear about the differences between men and women, boys and girls, and why that's good and why that should be celebrated. It comes about through not talking about the shocking numbers of babies that are killed in the womb every year. In this country alone, it, Since uh, the, uh, since abortion was... Um, made possible over 10 million babies have been killed yeah, that's appalling shocking, isn't it that's appalling now look we're not i'm not saying for a minute that you have to hear about that every sunday or sunday morning and a, you know it can be upsetting and it's hard it's a hard message to hear i'm not suggesting that but never to hear about it yeah that's wrong we, we, we often in church will hear about the stuff that shouldn't be mentioned in church and the things that should be mentioned and never mentioned. We've got to sort that out. Yeah. So I think it, it, kind of going back to our chat with Jamie, it was really encouraging to speak to a church leader who gets it. It was really encouraging to speak to a church leader who's willing to speak out, to speak up, to shepherd his flock well. Um, and I think I think for me, one of the things that, that struck me was Obviously, in the Church of England, they got a lot of challenges right now, and I think Jamie's Jamie's position was, wasn't it, Helen, to, to, to not abandon that, um, but to remain and try and shepherd the flock under his care. Which I thought, yeah, that was that was interesting for me because I think there's certain there are my my thinking would be very much more along the lines of actually invest in invest yourself in a church that remains true to the gospel. But I think I'm approaching that more from a congregation point of view than a leadership point of view. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The thing is, if we lose leaders like Jamie, then those of us, you know, seeking a church, you know, the more of those that we lose, the the fewer churches there will be who are um faithfully proclaiming the gospel and teaching the orthodox faith.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So we absolutely need, need them to be, be, to remain as church leaders. Um, I mean, one of the things Jamie said or or paraphrasing what he said, he said, we need to stop being so naive and reluctant to engage robustly in these issues. He said, it's evil and the work of Satan. Um, and he's not afraid to call call that out. He said the time for gentle engagement with the culture is over. I think he's right. And and
0: yeah. we don't hear that, that very so often true. from
1: Christian leaders.
0: No, we don't. We we still seem to be in this kind of we still seem to be in the frame of mind where we're where kind of just, you know, gentle, um, gentle persuasion, if you like, is 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 the way forwards. And yeah, that that time that window, I think that window closed quite a while ago. Um, so yeah, that was really that was really interesting. So we' we've, we've said this before on on this podcast, but particularly if you're in, you're in a, a Church of England church and you listening, listening to this, um, and you have a vicar or curate who you know is is wanting to stand for truth and you know is wanting to be clear on what the Bible teaches and what the Bible doesn't teach, let them know. That you're that you're for them. Let them know. Just tell them. Take them out for a coffee. Invite them around or or something like that. But or email them, whatever. But let them know. Because it's really encouragement is so, so important. And it can be a lonely place being in church leadership. Yeah, um, definitely. I know that. And I think that it's it's really key to to let people know that you're supporting of them. Uh, should we move on or anything else you wanted to Well just just one
1: other on? thing um that I thought was uh, was w- that he really hit the nail on the head um this issue of um he talked about catechizing um oh, yes. teaching yeah. the faith that 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 is so important in in the church and probably more so than ever so that we're making sure people ha- really have um you know we never stop learning but we need to keep on building our learning of scripture um and the basics of the faith we can't assume that people have that and if we're not teaching it clearly and regularly and robustly then um you know people aren't going to have that depth of understanding and maturity mm. um to yeah. be able to stand firm
0: yeah that that is that is that is a good one. I mean we, we did something in um in, in my church a few a few, a few years ago which I passed in uh, called the New City Catechism and I think it I think that was authored by by Tim Keller and maybe maybe one or two others I, I can't remember now. and that was that was along these lines and and it was it was very good. It, I have to be honest it felt it was it was it was hard in the our church, denominational context we we struggled to keep it going for a long time and that wasn't the failure of the catechism it was the failure of of me if you like <laughs> understanding how to do that well um but there's a lot of worth in that in in underlining solid biblical truth and 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 being okay with learning it by rote, almost it's not a bad thing. Um, so yeah that that was a that was a really that was a really good thing that he he raised, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, really yeah. good thing. I and mean, he he said that he he finds that people aren't actually interested or attracted by a liberal wishy washy false version of Christianity. That they want the truth. They want the whole truth. And um, you know we shouldn't be af- afraid to be proclaiming that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and, and, and that's that's born out in statistics where liberal, liberal churches will tend to die off and, and and close, which is inevitable because it's a false church. Um, and I think, yeah, our, our our job is not to is not to make the message more palatable. Our message is to proclaim and proclaim it faithfully and truthfully, and then let God's Holy Spirit do His amazing life changing work. And we see lives change as a result of that. Um, Shall we move on? Because we've got a a Church of England uh, segue link here, haven't we? Yeah,
1: shall we move on whilst we're talking about uh, (laughs) wishy-washy liberal stuff?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. So the Church of England have recently done a new report. I mean, this is fairly hot off the press, and is it? Well, it was Jamie
1: who mentioned it, wasn't it? It was, yes. In the podcast. He hadn't read it yet. And um, we went away and found it and had a look at it.
0: It's, it's quite something and, and we'll link we'll link to this in in the um in the notes of this podcast so if you want to take a look then and obviously do 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 that and the report is called love matters and um it's it's about the church Church of England's view on on supporting and strengthening family life isn't it
1: yes um uh, yeah it's a large report I think it's over 250 pages.
0: Yes, they have a summary one. They have they have a. We'll talk about this in a minute, in in a little bit actually, because it's quite interesting. <laughs> some of the some of the little um, statistics in here, which we'll get onto in a moment. But yeah, there's a shorter forty eight forty eight page summary report, and then the big two hundred thirty eight page full version. Um, but but the the E uh, wants to um, they want to be affirming of as they put it. Uh, They want to value families in all their diversity. We'll we'll come back to this in a sec, Helen. Let me read these out. Um, They want to support relationships throughout life. They want to honour singleness and single-person households. They want to empower children and young people. And they want to build a kinder, fairer, more forgiving society. On on the face of it, you might say, well, what's, what's, what's wrong with that? Um, if this if this was a um, a charity that was working that perhaps an arm of the, or, or an arm of the social services, you'd think hmm, okay yeah I can see some merit there but but this isn't this is this is the Church of England. you want do you want to draw anything on those those points Helen? Well, where do we start? Know,
1: yeah where <laughs> do we start? Um, probably one of the first things is uh, you know this issue, well, the, the first point, they make valuing families in all their diversity. I don't really know what they mean by that. Um,
0: D- diversity is a loaded word now, isn't it? Yeah, it that, is. That I think, yeah. I think that, that, that first of all, have to point that out. So di- diversity is code for um, gay, lesbian, trans, essentially. Uh, it can be other things as well. Let me, <laughs> let's be clear, it can be other things as well. Um, certainly not all negative at all, but um it definitely is code for those things so yeah what 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 does that mean is it, if they just said to value family life think okay yeah i i i can't complain that yeah. but value value families in all their diversity hmm, okay yeah we get we have an inkling of what's going on here don't we
1: yeah and the, and the thing is there's a difference between um Or or it gets confused, doesn't it, when you say valuing. You know, we're called to value everyone. Everyone is valuable to God. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean that the way everyone chooses to live or the choices they make or their behaviour is equally valid and equally righteous. Do you see what I mean? So you can value someone who maybe destroying their life by their behavior. And if you love them, you will say, Hold on a minute. You need, you know, what you're doing is you're destroying yourself with your choices you're making. And, you know, I'm concerned for you. Um so yeah, the language is
0: it's, it's, it's vague, not clear, is it? Is it is it would it be I I don't know. I mean, could could it be more accurate to say, you know, we we want to affirm family values in all their diversity you know so so whatever 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 your family values we affirm that that's kind well, that's of that's everyone then that's kind of what they're saying isn't it if, well, the, well, if that, they're valuing family yeah, in all their diversity yeah.
1: which means you choose to uh, uh, you know structure your family however you like and whatever you decide and whatever you do yeah great go for it
0: this this doesn't this doesn't necessarily bode well for for the church which is um really there to provide leadership. This seems to be more the church providing support, doesn't it?
1: Well it's or whatever
0: I, people deem important.
1: Yeah, I think it's coming at it completely the wrong way around. So um rather than what I would expect from you know, for a report like this is to have some value, um I would expect it to be what does the church believe is the best thing for family life? What is family? What is the best possible model for family? Um and what's the, what's why it, what is does that? What does the Bible say? The Bible say? Exactly. Yes. I would expect the report to be full of scripture, <laughs> yes. um, showing what, what is the biblical view of marriage and family, um, and the place for raising children, why is it important, um, and how can we support people to live in this? ideal model which is the building block for society and what god has ordained and designed
0: yeah yeah that's
1: what i would expect um and then you know and probably a a little section of it would say obviously we understand that not everyone's situation is like that and Mm -hmm. therefore how do we best um uh you know and encourage those whose situation is not ideal um, and absolutely welcome them and help to encourage them to maybe get to a position where their situation becomes a bit more stable or a bit more how God has um, his his ideal. So for example, if a couple are living together and not married and maybe already have children and then they come to the church and maybe become Christians, then then the church should be teaching them why marriage is important and will be the best thing for their family, and encouraging them to get married.
0: Exactly, exactly. Fairly
1: straightforward. That's yes. what I would expect.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think there was, there was a kind of a good point in here, which was about honouring singleness and single person households. So, so I think, I think the church generally, you know, we, we can uh, unintentionally, perhaps. Um, elevate marriage as a kind of a, a thing to aim for and it, the unintended consequence of that can be if you're not married you somehow failed or you're a lesser person which is not the case at all and it, it, for example there's it, you know, a, w- a woman whose whose who's husband or, or partner has left them, maybe maybe it's been an abusive relationship or something like that, and they've left them and are struggling to raise their their children on their own. The church can speak into that. The church can support them. The church can show Christ's love to them, and that's a good yeah. thing. And like you say, yeah. Helen, we can we can speak truth and show love in in those situations, and I, I think that's that's a good thing. But there's a difference. Between showing love and support for situations versus affirming a lifestyle choice, yeah, and the church very often does not make that distinction and should do, and that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do as as believers. You know, is, is to is to is to be clear about about. That very thing. Jesus does that. You know, the woman at the well, for example. He, he, he doesn't not speak to her because she's um, in 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 an adulterous set of relationships. He doesn't say, "I'm not talking to you." He sits down and spends time with her, but he doesn't affirm her lifestyle. No. And that's the thing. That's what we're called to do. This is what being salt and light is. Um, and that's what love is. Exactly, exactly.
1: It's wanting the best for someone. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did every time, and that included telling people to turn from their sin. Yes. And follow Him.
0: Yeah. And and we've all got to be reminded of that. It's not like somehow, yeah. oh, I'm sat here and I'm I've got it all sorted. Thanks so much. No, no, no. I need that. I, me, Tim. I need to hear that. I need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded of the fact that I'm under grace. I'm reliant on uh, the, the the mercy and kindness of God shown to me through the cross of Christ. Um, yeah. And and this is this is the church's amazing opportunity. Um, I mean, Neil also mentioned empower, empowering young children. Uh, sorry, empowering children and young people. Um, I. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. I'll be honest, I don't buy that. I think, I think we've seen over the over the last few years, we've seen an idealisation of children and young people, and that has not served them well. Um, we've we've seen uh, kind of almost p- p- putting on the responsibility for leadership onto children and young people without modelling what that looks like as adults. That's not good. We've got, we yes, we need to be nurturing children and young people we need to be giving them opportunities as they grow up and as they mature but just a kind of yeah this this is this is a kind of an attempt at uh, a way of approaching life which 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 does not does not work does not work well I don't think um interestingly in the summary report which is 48 pages long the word Sin is not mentioned once. So let this sink in a minute. Okay, this, this is a report on from the Church of England about strengthening family life and the very thing that Jesus Christ came to save us from through his death on the cross. The very thing which is our mortal enemy, if you like, is not mentioned once. In the full version, the 238-page version, it's mentioned twice. And the context is, first of all, we begin this part of our journey. I'm quoting it here. We begin, we began this part of our journey by exploring the theology of childhood. It urges us to reflect on the effects of sin and trauma in the lives of children in our culture. And the second one is... Uh, our example is Jesus himself, We overtly welcomed children, making it clear that the kingdom of God belongs to them. He equally clearly warned that failure to care for them is a grave sin. Wow. Um, the cross is mentioned once in relation to Christ, and that's in the full version. In the summary version, guess how many times the cross is mentioned, Helen?
1: Well, it's got to be less than the one hasn't it it's got to be less than one (laughs) hasn't it
0: that's a zero so look yes we're being critical here but the criticism is well deserved this is this is why i'm afraid the church of england is in a complete mess It, it come out with nonsense like this and not talk about the very central vital pivotal points of our faith is crazy and we 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 expect more really don't we we need more from this we need more from our from from the church of england
1: oh yeah absolutely and it shouldn't shame. i mean it reads shame. pretty much it reads like a some sort of government government
0: document it does isn't it it does with the odd mention of god yeah yeah what else anything else to say on this because there's so much stuff in here isn't
1: there yeah there's lots in in here um there's the section or i, I don't know you, um we've got a quote here ensuring all loving relationships matter and are valued in everything we do
0: mm, yeah 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 that um, i mean that that's that's very that's very um vague isn't it it's very all encompassing without kind of saying anything necessarily um and uh, what so any relationship is okay as long as it's loving Really? So, so yeah, I mean, wh- where do you draw that line? Where do you draw that line? That, you can't. You, you've got to have boundaries. Um you've got you've got to be clear on 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 what a a right relationship is. And again, the, the Bible the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about marriage. The Bible's clear about marriage. It's clear about what marriage is, it's clear about what it isn't. Jesus is very clear about marriages between one man and one woman. Um people often try and say Jesus didn't talk about um homosexuality, for example, but he's he's very clear on what marriage is and isn't. Um and that's worth remembering. Yeah. Um yeah, I th- I think yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot in here. Um what else do we want to draw out? We have got. Um, I think again, we just go back to this whole thing of have a look at this document yourself. Um, perhaps ask if you're in a Church of England church, ask your ask your vicar, ask your curate, are they aware of it? What's their view on it? Um, just good conversation starters, and 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 it's quite an easy one to to talk about with with a, with your um, your church leader because. It gives you a way to um, gauge their view on these core issues, and it might also be an opportunity for you to really uh, encourage them, or it could be an opportunity for you to bring challenge to them as well, which I think is 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 really worth doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I one of the things that I noticed um, was the the. Very, I mean, there was very little use of or quoting of scripture in the report. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, when I went through, I think it was the summary report, um, I think there were only two uses of scripture, and both of them I thought, well, it, you've used that in such a poor way, you're actually misusing it or misquoting it. So, one example, um, uh, th- the quote says, um, Uh, One example, talking about the example of Jesus himself, who overtly welcomed children, making it clear that the kingdom of God belongs to them. Mm. And That's it. They say no more. The kingdom of God belongs to children. Well, that's not actually what the Bible says, What, what it actually says. What he says in Matthew 19, verse 14, it says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Yeah. You know, it's a subtle difference, but that is what scripture says.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: To such as these. um, You know, this is about... Humility. In the previous chapter, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's what he was talking about.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: So that was one example. Another example, it says in the report, For God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live among us, to demonstrate a radical a radical new way of relating to one another to show abundant care grace and mercy to the least likely people well that's a clear reference to john 3:16 where it says that god gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life that's the actual scripture that's the actual gospel
0: yes yeah so they've I-
1: just sort of Taken a verse, taken a bit off it, added a bit more to it, and well, it's just that is that that it? That's just that's that's just so poor.
0: It it, it could have been, it should have been uh, an uh, an opportunity to do this amazing document, which affirms the family affirms marriage affirms the place of children within that from a biblical point of view underlining that saying why the church believe what they do what why the church will will do what they do where the church needs to realign itself with scripture and proclaim that more faithfully boldly and courageously it's got an opportunity to do that yeah. but but this kind of this this woolly woolly word soup nonsense that we yeah. seem to predominantly be looking at here is 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 shambolic i'm afraid um, I mean, where's the mention of you know where Jesus says if anyone causes one of these little ones to sin, it'd be better for them to have a millstone round their neck and and drown in the sea. And Which in the interestingly, sea. <laughs> interestingly, was massively um mis misquoted. You remember that clip with the Archbishop of Canterbury and Peter Tatchell and I think Sandy Toxvick? Did you ever see that one where they they were they were misquoting misquoting that particular scripture? Um, I think it was. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll we'll have to find out where that was. But it was like it was unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. But but that that's 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 where the church could have been right. Okay, yeah, drag drag queen story time comes under that heading, right? Yeah, this this ain't right. We're we're not doing that. We we need to say we need to proclaim truth, and we need to put a marker in the sand. Full respect if they do that, but yeah, it's it was it's it's a it's a tragic missed opportunity, missed opportunity, really, isn't it? Which is a yeah. real shame. A real and shame.
1: sadly, I expect it costs an awful lot of money
0: as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. But um I so coming full circle again. Just a reminder: if you're in the Church of England, uh pray for your your leader, your your vicar, your curate, if they're. Um, standing for the truth, encourage them in that. If they're not, uh, challenge them in that. Uh, If they're not standing for the truth, then, well, maybe you might be better served at a church where it does have a leader that stands for the truth, but that's between you and God, obviously. Uh, But, yeah, it's – shall we we move on to the GAFCON statement? Because it's a good kind of – good – counter isn't it to 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 the to the cv so again we we touched on this briefly in our last podcast where we interviewed jamie franklin and uh, we were mentioning the the recent gafcon conference which was in kigali and gafcon if you don't know it stands for the global anglican future conference and is a movement or basically of a, a global family of authentic anglicans standing together to retain and restore the Bible to the heart of the Anglican communion. This is what they say about themselves. The Gafcon journey began in 2008 when moral compromise, doctrinal error, and the collapse of biblical witness in parts of the Anglican communion had reached such a level that the leaders of the majority of the world's Anglicans felt it was necessary to take a united stand for the truth. So they recently had a summit which was in Kigali and they um, came up with a statement which will link in the podcast so you have a look and see what you think yourself um again we're not we're not you know saying that this is everything's perfect and rosy but but it's certainly very different to this the, the C of E's approach isn't it helen
1: uh yes very different um quite clear i think uh so um here's a quote from it the current divisions in the anglican communion have been caused by radical departures from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some within the communion have been taken captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies of this world. Uh, From Colossians 2 verse 8, such a failure to hear and heed God's word undermines the mission of the church as a whole. Mm. And then it goes on to say the latest of these departures is the majority vote by the General Synod of the Church of England in February Twenty twenty three, to welcome proposals by the bishops to enable same sex couples to receive God's blessing, it grieves the Holy Spirit and us that the leadership of the Church of England is determined to bless sin.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it, that's pretty clear. That's pretty clear about what they believe and and why they believe it, and and they want to put a marker in in the sand. And I. It would be interesting to to have an inside understanding in the upper echelons of the Church of England, if you like, as to what they what they think about this, whether they just discount it and disregard it, or whether they genuinely uh some people want to see the, want to pay some attention and perhaps think, oh, yeah, maybe we have gone have gone wrong. I I don't know. Um, but it it seems that um it, it's, it 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 seems that that may not be the case sadly uh, and, and it was quite quite profound because in their statement they they basically publicly said that they have no confidence in the archbishop of, of canterbury um which is is a massive thing to say and and, the, and Gafcon is not a small thing it's it's not like something to be um, to be just disregarded this is a significant number of the worldwide anglican communion of which the church of england is a part mm. so uh, for them to be saying this is significant and um the fact that they've been recognizing the state of things since 2008 Says something, and unfortunately, since that time, things haven't got better. Got better. They've got worse, and I just, yeah, there's a prayer here, isn't there, for 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 godly men, okay, (laughs) to stand up in the Church of England and say enough's enough. We've got to. We've got to repent and turn back. We've got to start doing the things we stopped doing and we've got to stop doing the things that we started doing, which grieve God, so that yeah. we might yeah, have have God's mercy come upon us. I really hope. I really hope. Um yeah, anything else, Helen? It's a no. fairly short podcast, I think, this one, isn't it? So so anything else to mention on that one? Um it might come to mind.
1: Well, I, I just no. I I think that's right. I think, I mean, some may argue that they perhaps should have stood up more robustly sooner. Um, I think the thing is, in the Anglican Church, there's always been great variety. Yes. I choose not to use the word diversity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's always been. Uh, some people use the term a broad church. Mm. So. I mean, one of the things that I've always actually quite liked in the Anglican Church is is that that is the case. You can go to one Anglican church and it be completely different to another. Um, you know, in 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 our country here in the Church of England, um, some meet in a very traditional building. Um, when I was in a Church of England church a few years ago, we met in a school building. So it didn't look at all like a traditional church building. Uh, You can have some that are very uh, evangelical, charismatic, if you want to use um, different labels for them. Others that are much more people would term high church, almost towards the uh, Anglo-Catholic end of the spectrum, very um, much more traditional, lots of ritual and liturgy. So, you know, a really broad spectrum of um different ways to um to worship god different ways to hold church services and um it, yeah so and i wonder if because of that there has been this tendency to try and hold everyone together even when people think quite differently um on on all sorts of issues and matters of doctrine but um you you can't you cannot keep doing that with these issues
0: no you can't uh, because
1: uh, you you can you can all have different ways of doing things but you must all agree that scripture
0: exactly. is the word
1: of god and if you exactly. can't agree that that is the case then uh you know you, you then you have to something has to something has to change and the ones who don't want to hold to scripture will have to go and do their own thing
0: Exactly. Exactly. That is, that is, you've hit the nail on the head there, which, which is, you can have, I'm going to use the word, you can have diversity, Diversity. you you can have, what did you say? What was your alternative? Variety. You can have variety, you can have diversity. Great, because, because heaven is going to have lots of that. But what it's not going to have is variances in doctrinal belief, or variances in, in quotes, truth. You can't have variances of truth. It's either true or not. And that's what we're called to as followers of Christ. You can have an amazing array of different people and different backgrounds coming together and we're unified, we're brought together through the work of Jesus on the cross, through the Holy Spirit, who brings us into truth. And this is this is vital, and this is what we've got to, uh, as believers, we've got to encourage one another with, we've got to build one another up with, we've got to remind one another of this and pursue it as well. And uh, this is this is the call, isn't it, Helen? This is the call.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Shall we Shall we finish with a bit of scripture?
1: Yeah, yeah. Shall do, I read do, it?
0: Do you want to read it out? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry about my cold, everyone, if I sound a bit nasal. Oh, I think, I think
0: you do, you're, doing, you're doing well. I'll well.
1: uh, try not to snivel. Um, so I'm reading again from Jude and verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life.
0: Yeah, amen. That's really good, isn't it? I think it's that great reminder that, that divisions... In the church, they're not caused by people who are pursuing truth, but those who scoff at truth. And we need to take hold of this call to build ourselves up in our holy faith and to keep ourselves in God's love by sticking to the truth of who God is, what he says as revealed in his word. And truth and love, they go... Hand in hand, and this is this is one of the things that we see in um, in John's letters. Uh, If you look in one John, two John, three John, you'll see this about often talked about. You know that that the um, the the fact that love is a big theme, which it is, but it goes hand in hand. Love goes hand in hand with truth, and uh, this is what we are called to as followers of Christ. Um, but yeah, so so I hope hope you can be encouraged, be encouraged to press in and press on in pursuit of truth. Um, dig into God's word. Um, don't be swayed um, and uh, keep going. Yeah. Anything else, Helen?
1: No, I think that's that's it.
0: That's oh, it. Well, this this is this is a relatively speedy speedy pod for us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we've got we've got some more. Um, good things planned for for future podcasts in the near future. So um, please do share this podcast and have a look through our our our, our small back catalogue now of, of of the other thirty episodes. You might I'm sure that there's just quite a few things in there which you might find interesting if you if you've just recently joined us as a subscriber or a listener. Thank you for listening. Thank you for for um, uh, getting this far. Really well done. Uh, do share do share the podcast with uh, people you think it would encourage um and spur on because that's why we do this. We want to be encouraging one another uh and spurring one another on and keeping keeping things real. You can find um links to the various bits and pieces on the Linktree link, which is on the Podbean site. Um, Helen's Substacks on there, and we've got a small telegram channel which we post stuff to. Uh, you can you can support the podcast too if you want to through buy me a coffee that'd be uh, that's always much appreciated because um, obviously doing anything like this there are small costs incurred with that um, anything else to add Helen?
1: Um, no, I think that's all.
0: That's all. Well, Helen, Helen is you're going to be taking lots of vitamin C now, aren't you? Basically. Yes.
1: Oh, yes. I have a whole <laughs> regimen of vitamins and yeah.
0: <laughs> vitamin C and wine apparently. Vitamin
1: C and wine. Yeah. Do you think that might work. I might try that.
0: Yeah, I think it would work. <laughs> Definitely. Dr. Tim says that works work. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll yeah. see you guys on the next one.
1: Yep. Bye. The Owl and the
0: Badger.